0: Is because you can see how they how they will take their baton and hit hit people that were literally just standing still. They were hitting people with batons. I think at one point, like they moved a a, a, a white a white old lady aside to then like use their baton on a brown person. <laughs> it was really you know, it's like Montana is Montana is is they are.
1: I shouldn't laugh. The that's Jibaki just that's like that's so stereotypical. It's so stereotypical. Yeah,
0: is the this entire process has been stereotypical. The idea mm-hmm. that a trans person calling them out is enough for them to lose their collective minds, drop an entire legislative day, because they didn't even meet yesterday, they were just scrambling, trying to figure out what to do. And then the next day, they do this, and they like kick kick her off the floor. It's, it's very stereotypical.
1: Hey, Aaron, can you hear me? I can hear you fine. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing is more important.
0: It has been a day, it has been a <laughs> week, it has been a month,
1: it has been a year. Oh, wow. Uh, everyone, I have the incredible Aaron Reed on the show, activist extraordinaire, here to tell us about the fiasco going down in Montana. Actually, before yes. I- Well, sorry, before I start that, I should give you two seconds to to plug uh, any websites you wanna, you wanna do that first.
0: Of course, yeah, so just to let everybody know, um, I am an independent journalist and activist. I cover LGBTQ legislation as it moves all over the United States currently tracking 515 bills. And I have read every single one of them this year. Um, I write about all of this at ErinInTheMorning.com. That's my newsletter. Uh, It Reaches tens of thousands of people who are generally um, politicians, reporters, activists that are focused in on this issue. So if you want to better understand them, you can go there. And then I also just report on this on TikTok, on Twitter, on all the social media outlets so that I can get the information out to people about this wave of legislation moving all over the United States. And then, also, as it pertains to what we're probably going to talk about, I am representative Zoe Zephyr of Montana's um, girlfriend and supporter and watching what just occurred there. Um, I was that was unfortunately two aspects of my life that I had to meet there where I was reporting on a major issue that was going on on trans topics, but then also reporting on my girlfriend.
1: That's so powerful, too. I should also add to that list of uh uh i'd say accolades that uh, you are an incredible resource for us cis folks because whenever anyone in the like you know the uh, i want to be uh, someone who helps or an activist or how can i participate i'm always like go to aaron's twitter that you'll see you'll see it all there like no one fo- she just covers this stuff with such great coverage like it's absolutely incredible so um thank you so much for all the hard work you do
0: i really really appreciate that i tried to make this as approachable for everybody, for cis people, for trans people, for young people. Um, You know, that's a big reason why I did what I did with TikTok is because I know that I'm reaching people that don't know that much about the democratic process, that don't know about how to make your voice heard in all of the ways possible. And so that's that's just what I try to do. And I'm I'm glad that that's getting across. So thank you.
1: Why don't we start with can you give everyone a quick primer to what exactly is going on in montana and why it's so important and why they should be paying attention as the focal point of this let's say war on trans people that's taking place in the us
0: of course so i i track anti-trans legislation all over the united states and montana has been particularly rough this year to follow we've seen everything from drag bands one of which just passed through a uh, conference committee today one of the most harmful drag bans, like it is just entirely drag in public. Um, We've seen healthcare uh, bans, gender-affirming care bans for transgender youth. So this would be things like puberty blockers, hormone therapy. Uh, We have seen banning of books. We've seen, um, you know, banning of using students' pronouns in school, bathroom bans, everything. And, And it seems like Montana has just been very harsh in how it treats its transgender residents this year. But like conversely to that, Um, Montana did elect two trans and non-binary representatives this year. Representative Zoe Zephyr is my partner uh, as a trans woman, and then S.J. Howell, Representative Howell, who is a non-binary person. And so they have been able to speak out on the harms that all of these bills cause. And after speaking out on the harms that the gender-affirming care ban caused, she upset Republicans in how powerfully she spoke. She essentially said that if you vote for this bill, you will have blood on your hands because of the fact that she herself had gotten a letter from a transgender, young transgender teenager who was watching one of the hearings and attempted to take her life with it on the screen. Thank God she survived. She wrote a letter to Representative Zephyr about what happened. And so today, after silencing her for three or four days in a row, they didn't allow her to speak on any bill. She punched in, they refused to recognize her. speaker said that it was his prerogative. Um, Her constituents, And all of Mon- like Montanans showed up, they packed the gallery, and whenever she punched in her light and they just moved on and didn't allow her to speak, they all started yelling, let her speak. She raised her non-functional Fing microphone in solidarity. And then today they just kicked her off of the floor for the remainder of the uh, of the house session this year.
1: So we were watching that live yesterday and I saw the police on the upper deck as you saw the protesters chanting, just moving around. And then like, I couldn't see it from my angle. But some of them are actually physically accosting them. Like when you see it on the the news report later, like they're they're using force. Am I wrong in that, or
0: you're not wrong? Actually, they. If you look at uh, people have been looking over the old footage, and you know, I suspect that the reason why the Republicans today didn't release footage of what was going on and try to use that in their presentation is because you can see how they how they will take their baton and hit hit people that were literally just standing still. They were hitting people with batons. I think at one point, like they moved a. A, a, a wider, a white old lady aside to then like use their baton on a brown person. <laughs> it was really no, like Montana is Montana is is they are.
1: I should the, laugh. The that's just that's like that's and, so stereotypical. I know, I know, it's know, so it's, stereotypical. It's, it's yeah,
0: is the this entire process has been stereotypical. The idea mm-hmm. that a trans person calling them out is enough for them to lose their collective minds, drop an entire legislative day because they didn't even meet yesterday. They were just scrambling trying to figure out what to do, and then the next day they do this and they like kick, kick her off the floor. It's,
1: it's wow. very stereotypical. Maybe, maybe I should back up a bit. What exactly was the bill in the first place and how does it affect trans people directly?
0: Of course. So the bill was a categorical ban on gender affirming care for transgender youth. So if you're under, under 18, you cannot obtain um, hormone therapy, puberty blockers. People that were already on hormone therapy and puberty blockers would be pulled off. So let's say you're a 17-year-old transgender girl who has developed and who knows everybody knows you as a girl they would pull you off of that hormone therapy you'd grow facial hair you'd get all the all that stuff and that's a very for for your viewers who may not be intimately intimately familiar with transgender medicine and gender affirming care it's a very traumatizing process to have your medication pulled off of you it physically it sucks and then also mentally knowing that like you're about to have to you thought you have escaped all this and, and you're about to have to go through all of that um it's it, it hurts and and you know there are Having spoken to many families of trans youth in Montana, these are well-adjusted people. They are happy. They are generally very um, active in their, in their class and in their communities. And we know from national research and from the medical organizations that there's good research backing up this care. Um, but ultimately, Montana, they were taking a vote to categorically ban this care. No matter what, just pull everybody off and that's it. And Representative Zephyr got up there, and she actually, like, her speech was played widely. It was a really powerful speech overall. Um, But I think that perhaps because she maybe got a lot of press off of that, like, people knew, people were reporting on how bad the bill was.
1: Um, I think that
0: they took offense to
1: that. If if someone isn't, like, fully aware, in terms Mm -hmm. of, like is is that one of the only bills that's taking place in montana right now or is montana one of the places where they're trying to remove all gender affirming care like a lot of other places because yeah. it yeah, seems so. it seems to be like this, that this is just the entry point when, when i see these. well yeah so like now close.
0: now we're in, now we're in this new front where missouri uh, you know essentially banned virtually all gender affirming care i know many people in missouri that are being pulled off of their medication as adults texas is moving to do the same thing they just passed the bill today in the senate Um, Montana has not done that. But Montana has some other bills that we haven't seen anywhere else. It's actually really ironic. Um, The first time Zoe, Representative Zephyr, sat there and punched in on a bill, the first time that she punched in after her speech and the first time that she was silenced was on a bill. It was um, HB 458, SB 458. And this bill basically removes trans people from all definitions of sex through 40 areas of code, and so it bans gender markers. It bans, like for for trans people, bans changing your gender marker on your driver's license, on your birth certificate, your death certificate. It, um, it bans things like, it bans bathrooms in some circumstances. There's like, there are these weird things that it does in, in trying to define sex as absolutely binary and excluding intersex people, and in that it then allows intersex people to be targeted under certain crimes and not prosecuted. It, it had all of these ramifications and like they got a fiscal note that it was going to cost $3 billion to implement oh my God. and it was just, it was, it was ridiculous. And so it's really ironic how on a bill that erases transgender people from 40 sections of law, she punched in and they erased her voice from speaking on the floor and that's where this all started. They continued to not recognize her every time her light was on.
1: Am I am I wrong in assuming that this percentage of people directly affected by this, and this is not that it's not important, this is more that it feels like they're fixated on something that affects such a small percentage of the population, right? Like in, in terms of sports bans and going so far to ban kids from sports, sometimes in some states it's like, so three kids can't play on the sports team now. Like that's, what have you achieved? I'll,
0: I'll do you one further. It not only targets a very small percentage of people, it targets them in a way that affects all cisgender people as well. I'll give you a really good example. Let's let's talk about drag bans because Montana may be the only state. Tennessee's drag ban is currently paused in court. Montana might be the only state that has a drag ban that passes. And this drag ban, the way that it's worded, is you can't dress as the other gender using exaggerated clothing, makeup, signifiers, etc. And so, like, they just banned hair, hair rock. They just banned glam rock. They just banned pro wrestling. They they banned clowns. Like they banned Rudy Giuliani. There you go. <laughs> and, and, you know, like, and, you know, it's whenever we think about how these laws get implemented and and the history that these laws have, you go back to the pre-1970s Stonewall era, before we had Stonewall, before we had Pride. And we had drag bans back then. That's how they, that's how they went into these these areas, these bars, and arrested the patrons, they use these things called three articles of clothing laws, where you had to be wearing three articles of clothing that match your assigned gender at birth, or then you would be arrested as defying their drag laws. And we're seeing a return to that, not just in law, but also in the social commentary from the Republican and right-wing thought leaders. So, you know, we just saw Ben Shapiro yesterday. I don't know if you saw the video from Ben Shapiro, but Ben Shapiro came out and said that he believes that communities should be able to pass ordinances banning um, men from wearing dresses and feminine clothing. And then he added, maybe we can let
1: women wear pants. (laughs) <laughs> oh, how kind, how nice of him. Thank
0: but, uh, you, Ben, thank that's, you.
1: That's so wild because like Michael Knowles is a drag performer. Steven Crowder is a drag performer. Like the, 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 every single one of them the, is a drag performer. The, <laughs> like, governor, the governor of Tennessee. Right, right, yeah, <laughs> like they're all drag performers. Wow, that's so like could you not watch Mrs. Doubtfire at a midnight screening? Would that be that? You be know, and so to...
0: this is, I'm glad, I'm glad that you mentioned that because yes, um, Mrs. Doubtfire would likely be banned under this bill. Also, um, one of the biggest one of the biggest opponents to these bills has actually been theater unions and mm-hmm. the and theater associations. Because what you'll you'll have is like Shakespeare, for instance, one third of all Shakespeare has drag in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Broadway musicals, several of them
1: have drag in it. And they then pronouns, we should talk about. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) The the most dreaded of all
0: pronouns. (laughs) Exactly. And so, you know, in in Tennessee, when this law was heard, um, you know, the judge in Tennessee was basically to laugh them out of the room. They were like, this is clearly like, this is focused, targeted, restriction of speech, like First Amendment. And, you know, we're learning that. You know, the far right and Republicans, they, they, they'll claim to care about the First Amendment. And then in reality, they'll just literally kill the First Amendment for everything that doesn't match them. We can even see on Twitter with good old boy Elon Musk, you know, coming in, claiming that he's a First Amendment champion. And look at us now. I mean, the, I haven't seen Twitter so silenced in, in years.
1: Yeah, it's unbelievable. So for cases like that, that are obviously pretty extreme, people like are are. what's the sentiment in montana towards a lot of this is it is it's just so far right or is it like a lot of people like i get this feeling that normies especially kind of see this as going too far like just watch know. watching people shoot up bud light cans and run them over with trucks and, and and like lose their minds all over the place like in montana is there a sense that like like isn't democracy more important like don't they want smaller government I, isn't that what they always preach about
0: and that's the sentiment that i get too and you know i um whenever I was reporting on the protesters yesterday, I saw, and I saw interviews, and I I had spoken to a couple of people uh, who had basically said, like, they were asked, I I saw this one old couple, for instance, um, and they were asked, like, do you know about, like, all the anti-trans bills that are being run here in in the legislature? And they're like, no, I really don't know anything about this. I'm just here to support Representative Zephyr. I don't think that it's right what they're doing. And I think that, exactly. And, like, I think that I think that they overplayed their hand. They they overstepped the Montana GOP and and, and that that much is clear. You can see in the way that the governor kind of couched his his statement like he didn't really release a strong supportive statement of what the montana house is doing he basically said the house will handle the house's business like did not it's like i want no part of this please <laughs> um, and like a lot of the news coverage you know a lot of the local news coverage in fact we saw i don't know if you i know you said you saw like the the protests and stuff i don't know if you saw the press conference that was yesterday but no, I uh, speaker Regier came out and gave a press conference that was 40 seconds long and it was literally just him yelling at the media for how they're covering this. And then immediately he wa- he canceled the floor session yesterday, walked into the offices, closed the door, and tried to get the sergeant at arms to clear all the press out. But in reality, you can only clear the press out in Montana if you're about to have a house session. And since he canceled the house session, <laughs> like all the reporters were like, "No, this is BS. We're going to stay here and ask you questions." That's awesome.
1: Well, well good on that. Yeah,
0: so I don't, I don't, I don't think it's playing well in Montana. And you know, Montana. Um, they just did redistricting, and so next, next election cycle, like, the GOP is poised to lose a lot of seats, and then this is happening. This is how they're closing things off. I don't think that, you know, I think that no matter what you feel about, like, trans rights, no matter what you feel about what's going on there, a, an assault on democracy itself is, I think, unanimously something that most people don't agree with.
1: Before I get to, obviously, the pivotal moment of that, I wanted to ask about the... Other woman in play who's been allowed to speak but seems to be what some describe as a turf. Uh, she's telling the story or was utilizing the story unfortunately it's, it's tragic so I want to do a content warning but to say that she was describing the uh, suicidal ideation of her own child but then trying to relate that to trans rights and, and then being allowed to speak in this setting how, how is that being justified both by the GOP and, and other people witnessing what's happening when one person is being silenced and the other person who's not an expert in any way shape or form on these topics suddenly being given the microphone
0: you know, it's not. It's not being justified. Not in, a, not in a sufficient manner. And I think that they're just glossing over it. In fact, we saw today, um, in Representative Zephyr's hearing, uh, um, um, Representative Wendy Boy, who stood up, um, Native American representative, who said that, like, I've been here for 20 years in various forms in the legislature. I saw Republicans and Democrats sometimes nearly go fisticuffs on the House floor and have to be pulled apart from each other. I've seen pounding on desks. I've seen breaking desks before. Wow. And n- this was not this was not the punishment offered. And for for her for for a trans woman who did nothing but stand up and raise her microphone that was non-functional, they're removing her from the floor for the rest of the year. It's it's clear. Like I think I think anybody with two eyes can see what's going on there and it's really clear like how the party line vote like it's really clear what's happening there.
1: Mm-hmm. That image has now become so iconic. I see it shared over like all this mainstream media, and it's just like it's it's very heartening to see. Do you think that is hap- that is helping? Uh, now that there is global attention on this, and this has become this kind of like fight about free speech more than it is simply about trans rights.
0: I think I think that these are connected fights, and and you know this is something that I have spoken about for a few years now. Whenever I give interviews, but how how a lot of these fights are necessarily connected to one another. I actually just recently wrote an article on this topic, and. And we have reproductive healthcare rights. Those are intrinsically linked to linked to to transgender rights. We have rights to rights to vote and be part of an elected democracy. You know, whenever whenever you see essentially fascism, and I'm going to call this what it is. Whenever oh, you yeah. see fascism start to target, uh, do, do their initial approach on minorities. And, and we're seeing this in state legislatures across the country right now. We saw, for instance, in Tennessee, the removal of the two black legislators and the, the keeping of the white legislator that participated in the protest in Tennessee. Yeah. We just saw the remo- um, the censuring of Representative Turner, Marie Turner, in Oklahoma, also a non-binary representative, who themselves uh, spoke out on a, on, on a bill, and then also who themselves essentially allowed a protester to sit in their office. They were censured. We just saw what happened with Representative Zephyr, and not 10 minutes after they did that to Representative Zephyr and, and her constituency. We just got word that Senator Hunt in Nebraska, who has been fighting day in, day out to basically, they, they've they had the the legislature there in a filibuster for like seven weeks now, they just, She just got word that she is now being investigated for a conflict of interest because she has a trans son. What? Yeah. I mean, this is, this is GOP supermajorities right now being led by like freedom caucuses. They are, they are exhibiting fascist behavior targeting a minority population. And I mean, that's what it is. And it's, it's terrifying. You know, you see it. You see it happening in the States. And it has to be called out for what it is. It has to be confronted directly.
1: What's the next step for Zoe?
0: You know, I've spoken to Zoe. um, I From from everything that I've spoken to her about, she intends to continue representing her constituency, intends to continue speaking out. Um, I think that personally, and this is nothing, no info from her, but I think that whenever she does go back to her district, her people love her because they know that she's willing to stand up for them. And I think that overall, um her voice is going to be valuable moving forward for her state and i think that i i don't think that the gop in montana did themselves any favors today
1: what's the best method going forward to be able to reverse or destroy some of these bills especially the one that just passed in montana
0: yeah so i i like to think about a two front a, a two front sort of tactic here that i always talk about anytime i get asked this for all these bills um on one front you know we do need we do need the, the courts to, to step in. And a lot of these bills are blatantly unconstitutional and we will fight them in the courts um and, and in the legislative chambers where we call our representatives and engage in the demor- in the democratic process. But also there is there's another track, and that other track is local action with with people and, and forming community organizations and contributing to each other's well-being. You know, the, the LGBTQ community, we have we've been marginalized for for decades now. This isn't the first time that we've been pushed to the margins, but we have learn how to thrive in the margins by forming sol- solidarity and social cohesion in small groups. And whenever these harmful bills get passed and they, they take away your healthcare, they take away your art, they take away your your right to representation, a lot of times the way that you get through that is by using your local community resources. and and basically forming those strong groups. You know, LGBTQ people have shared medication before, many times in the past. LGBTQ people have stood up for each other. They've raised bail funds for being arrested for drag crimes and such. Um, And I think that moving forward, strengthening your local organizations, um, so your local LGBT orgs, if your listeners are like, I wonder what I can do, go to Equality Federation, look up your state state LGBT org and your local LGBT orgs. Um, If you are looking at like mutual aid organizations, that's a good thing to support and just making sure that these local orgs are really strong moving forward because they're doing the work day in, day
1: out. Where should we also be focusing on the next big bill to almost be passing where people should be concentrating on retweeting, talking about?
0: I think right now, um, Florida is what I'm watching. Florida, Mm -hmm. there's a lot happening in Florida. Um, There is a particularly heinous law in Florida that may pass. It's a bathroom ban for trans adults. And essentially what it says is that if you are trans and you're in a bathroom and a cisgender person is uncomfortable with you they can basically point at the door and say leave and if you don't leave then you are guilty of a crime and so it creates literally like the second class of citizenship within the state of florida around bathrooms and like it gives every cisgender person the authority to essentially demand that a trans person leave
1: you know what's so wild about that is what you're describing is like the nightmare that right wingers always talk about happening to them. It's like 1984 cancel culture, double think, we're going to live in this dystopian future. But it's like you were trying to craft this dystopian future in real time just to affect trans people or just to affect minorities, it feels like.
0: I mean, they just engaged in the ultimate cancel culture by silencing a representative for a week and then kicking her out while well, they had a supermajority. Like, they can get all of their bills through. Like, it's not like she could stop anything. Like, all she yeah. was doing was talking, and they're just like, nope, we got to kill that. That, that. that can't go
1: on. That's so wild. Uh, is there legal repercussions that um, that Zoe can take, or or uh, maybe not um, Zoe? But you know, I know, I think, I know I the think, ACLU I think... is already talking about this. Sorry, I don't want to get. Out I, of I've it seen,
0: I've seen, I've seen, I've seen the ACLU talk about it. I've heard ideas around that, and I guess on that front, just stay tuned. We'll see if there is any legal repercussions to it.
1: Fair enough. Um, one of the the other things I want to ask you about is kind of the online, because you were just bringing up Elon Musk and how obviously you know free speech has changed under Space Karen and his his reign of terror on on Twitter. Um, how are you finding the, because the, you're a very prominent, like, activist who, I guess, provides a lot of information, obviously, that puts you into a lot of danger doing so, um, and I know with things getting as, as horrifying as they are, you know, Jake, whatever his fucking, I don't care what his name is, but just, you know, straight up saying genocidal rhetoric online, that kind of stuff, Um is 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 there a better place for people to be doing that kind of activism outside of these rather dangerous spaces right now, or a better place where people should be migrating towards? Because I think that's a big thing. is a lot of people who want to help, are also like, well, if I can't find Aaron on Twitter, where where do I you know yeah. where do I turn?
0: And and I think I think a lot of activists are struggling with that right now, and we're trying to feel out the alternatives that are that are shaping up. Um, you know, I've seen things like Blue Sky. I use Substack Notes uh, as as an alternative, and like my Substack my the reason why I started my Substack was um, a year ago, I saw that Elon Musk was gonna buy Twitter and I'm like, I need to get off this platform. I need another way to reach my audience directly. And so what I, what drew me to Substack was that A, I could write long form content, but also B, I could take my audience wherever I go. Like you, 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 you can move your email list to any other provider. I can go to Medium, I can go to anything else. And so that was my way of, like, saying, okay, I'm not going to be beholden to, like, an algorithmic feed for for my for my activism. But, you know, I, I still do work on Instagram, on TikTok, et cetera. They all have problems. I think that all social media does. But Twitter right now is a, is a special hell for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Um, and, yes, I have gotten many death threats and many just hor- horrifying things. Uh, and that continues to grow, I think, just on the platform as a whole. Um, But moving forward, like if I do see another outlet for me, I will move there. I am considering, for instance, recording more long form YouTube content in the future and doing um, doing stuff on Blue Sky. And there's a number of other avenues that I'm exploring.
1: Blue Sky is Jack Dorsey's new one?
0: I think so. And I, I haven't I haven't been able to explore it much. But from what I've heard, I've heard that it's like. Kind of, it kind of is like old Twitter, so we'll see how we'll
1: see how it goes. Oh, cool! Uh, I also wanted to ask you because obviously you're you're pretty well uh, versed in LGBTQ plus culture and rainbow washing and stuff. What are your thoughts on uh, this weird schism happening right now where right wingers seem to be like aggressively turning on corporate brands, be they Disney or obviously Bud Light. We've all seen the the, the wild times that goes on there, but say for Disney and stuff, because personally for me, I, I, I as you know, a fellow LGBTQ plus member have always kind of been against rainbow washing. I've always but like I, I'm like I'm just against the hypocrisy. That's it. I, that's the only part of it I don't like. I don't like the hypocrisy. But now that I see it's forming this weird shield at, at a time where everyone's going after trans people, and then now everyone in Florida is kind of also going after Disney, so I'm, I'm kind of like, maybe, I don't know, let them fight? I was, I was just curious if thought on it. I, yeah. You know,
0: you know I, I'm kind of... Especially with Budweiser and like Bud Light and stuff, like for them in particular, I am definitely of the mind of let them fight. They donate more to anti LGBTQ politicians than almost any other company. They are constantly donating to right wing
1: or really? Oh, so, I didn't know that.
2: Oh Interesting. yeah. Interesting. Oh yeah. Oh, okay.
0: Whenever, whenever I heard they were fighting, I was just like, let it happen. I am not gonna step <laughs> in between them. I, just go go. Like finish <laughs> it off because I want I want no part in that. Uh, yeah, no, there there was this big campaign last year, um, run by I, I don't know which org ran it, but um it was all about like anheuser Bush and how they uh how they like really support a lot of the anti trans politicians and so Interesting. whatever. Okay. I, I was gonna <laughs> I say knew, I, knew I knew Disney Disney and DeSantis is hilarious though. Oh, because I, I because they one. used to
1: fund him, didn't they? Disney used to be a big contributor yeah, to yeah. DeSantis before they went to this whole yeah. wokening or whatever. And then
0: they announced like a pride night at Disney at Disney land, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> you know it's 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 funny to see them go back and forth on it. I I don't, I'm also one that doesn't really like the whole rainbow washing corporate logos thing. Um, but I mean, you know, like what I really want from companies, like, I don't care what you're, what you put on your logo. Like, I really want inclusive healthcare benefits. I really want paid family leave. I really want, you know, um, really good policies around these things. And that's, that's what I think a lot of us care about
1: what's, um, what's been your thoughts on all of the horrifyingly bad things happening to bad people lately. (laughs) <laughs> or are you allowed to comment on that? Sorry, I don't want to get your work in trouble. <laughs> oh, no,
2: no, 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 no. Um,
0: uh, I'm sorry, between, I don't...
1: I, I don't... Oh, oh, so between Matt Walsh, Stephen Crowder, I don't know. It's, it's, just, it's just been oh, like, yeah. it feels like queer Christmas over the last couple of weeks, you know, just day no, after day. you're after right. Day. You're Tucker, right. Carl, like Tucker, Tucker Carlson. Carlson. <laughs> yeah. No, so
0: like, I, I was... I have seen more harm... From Tucker Carlson and Matt Walsh than, than almost anybody else and, and Michael Mulles. And to see Tucker Carlson get sort of deplatformed by Fox, I think, I think people are underestimating how big of an impact that has on the general LGBTQ discourse, because to have him on the screen every night to every person that always has Fox on their T- Fox News on their TV 24-7, that, that was painful. I mean, I I saw, for Vanderbilt Children's Hospital, for instance, I saw him put the pictures of all of the hospital executives up so that they would get death threats the following week. Uh, We saw Boston Children's Hospital get bomb threats. And then he came on and said, it's not the people that are calling in the threats that are the criminals, it's Boston Children's Hospital that's the criminals. And, like, that's the kind of stuff that we saw egged on on national TV every single day. And so to see that no longer part of the discourse, like, from Fox News, that's just going to make me happy no matter what.
1: Yeah, same. Uh, there's been a couple questions from the chat. Uh, do, do you mind fielding some questions? Yeah, go ahead.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Uh, okay, so someone wanted to know: uh, Is there a possibility that she could get voted out of the house? I, I believe referring uh, to Zoe.
0: No, I don't. I don't think so. I think that um, that Zoe is going to be firmly in that house for years to come.
1: <laughs> okay, that's awesome. That's great news. Um, someone was asking: Do you have a YouTube channel? Because you mentioned it earlier. What exactly is that?
0: Oh, so like I, I don't have a YouTube channel yet. I don't do long form YouTube yet. What I do is I post clips from hearings onto my YouTube. But the only reason I do that is to get them onto my so that they auto so that that they can play on on my newsletters. But people do actually follow my my channel on YouTube for just the hearing clips themselves. Uh I Oh, someone, I actually someone, someone know found it. Someone
1: it. found it. It's, it's, okay, at, Aaron, job, it's at Aaron in the morning. <laughs> good
0: job. Good job, person. Because I don't know the name of my own YouTube channel. it's literally just like my clip drop-off channel.
1: <laughs> um, someone else is asking, uh, your earrings are lovely. Where can I get them?
0: Uh, I'm glad that they noticed them because these are actually Zoe's earrings. And Aww. I don't know where they come from, but I wore them in solidarity with her today.
1: Oh, that's so cute.
0: She oh, left so- them at my house last time that she
1: visited. Oh, that's really cute. Uh, someone else wants to know, what's the football photo from? Which one? Football? There's a picture of the two of you apparently at like a football game or something. <gasps> uh- yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. Um. That was the... Uh, um. Uh, hold on. I don't, she's gonna kill me for this. Uh, yeah, okay. University of Montana. I wanted to make sure it wasn't like Montana. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not from Montana, so I don't want to get like killed for this. Uh, no, so that was University of Montana. It was like a championship game for like Division Two or something. Uh, and I, I'm not into football. She's not really into football, but we were both invited to the press box there because she had just been elected, and so you know we, so we showed up and we got on the field, and you know, honestly, it was kind of cool to be, you know two trans women down on the football field of uh, University of Montana, just doing our thing.
1: That's really, really cute. Um, someone else is asking, and I want to reiterate this, what are some of the things going on that are giving you hope? Because I actually like asking this of, of a lot of activists, because usually they have some bright spots that we may not have seen yet or heard about. So what are some of the aspects I guess in, in both the legislation or just in the movement in general, uh, that have been very positive?
0: I'm really glad that uh, that person asked that question because this is something that I always love to answer and I've, I've got a few things that I usually talk about. Number one, I am um, I am so happy that there are so many states right now that are actually moving to pass positive legislation. We see places like Minnesota, New Jersey, Colorado, Washington, Oregon, California, uh, all, Illinois, all these places are passing laws that essentially say if you are leaving these other states that are targeting you and you make it to our borders, we will not extradite you. We will not subpoena your records, allow them to subpoena your kids' medical records in this state. We're not going to allow them to take you back. We're not going to allow a non-custodial parent to detransition them and, like, pull them back to a state where they're going to be de- detransitioned. And so, like, these these laws are giving me hope. But I, I think that the real hope that I'm getting is from Gen Z and from how active they are and how accepting they are on this issue. You know, I... um. I see them come out of schools and like do school walkouts. I see massive protests. This Trans Day of Visibility this last year was the biggest Trans Day of Visibility that I have ever seen in terms of massive protests all over the world. And they were mainly led by an organization um, of of young Gen Z people. And and they were just organizing young people themselves. And then lastly, I'll say, I come from a very rural Louisiana county. Parish is what they call them in Louisiana. And I remember growing up as a trans girl, nine, 10 years old, and I was relentlessly bullied. And I remember how hard that was for me. And I wasn't able to like ever fully transition in Louisiana as a kid. Um, and then just recently, just just a, several months ago, I got a message from a transgender girl who goes to school 20 minutes from where I grew up. And she said, hey, Erin, I'm a young trans girl and 17 years old. I uh, I really love your work. And I just wanted to let you know that my school voted me to the homecoming court and i cried and and like to know that there is a trans girl not only being accepted by her school but celebrated in the place that i grew up where that was not a thing and like allowed to sit on the back of her car with her dad and driven around the football stadium waving at everybody and getting cheered like that was too much that was that was that's what gives me hope because I know that no matter what these laws do up there, like the people are are moving forward and the people are changing, and that's how that's how we win.
1: I uh, ooh, I I don't know if I can ask another question. <laughs> so uh, you know, it was pretty funny when Matt Walsh got hacked, right? He's a sassy shooter. <laughs> Oh, that's heartbreaking. Oh, that's that's sorry, not heartbreaking. Yeah. That's heartwarming, warming, warming. <laughs> warming. Really, really. philly's swelling my heart. Beautiful, yes. That's an, abso- that's an absolutely beautiful story. Um, Aaron, where where can people find you? A hey, uh, yeah.
0: Aaron in the and you can also search me at Aaron in the morning on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter is at Aaron in the morning, no ing because it is shorter on Twitter, and that's where you can find me moving forward.
1: If, if you want one last heartwarming thing, someone in the chat called Non-Binary Superpower says, tell Erin she's iconic and her OG YouTube content was empowering, and I wouldn't have been here without that. Thank you from 2,000-year-old me. Oh, yeah.
0: thank you so much.
1: Uh, thank you so much, Erin, both for the work you do for this interview, and honestly, it's like, I, like I said, you are my go-to when, like, cis people are like, uh, how can I find out about all the things that are happening? I'm just like, go to go to Erin, go to Erin, Erin in the morning. She, she, she has it covered.
0: Absolutely. Anytime you...
1: Oh no, you glitched out. I don't know if you're there, you can hear me. You're, you're frozen and silent. Oh, and now it's double me. Oh, that was weird. <laughs> okay, hold on. Hey, everyone, please, if you haven't already, go to, uh, Twitter... I think at Aaron in the Morn. Let me double check that, but I'm sure. Yes, Twitter.com slash Aaron in the Morn. Uh, you can also go to Ko-Fi. That's co-fi.com slash Aaron in the Morn. Uh, if you want booking and content, Aaron Reed writes, uh, and Aaron Clean in the if you want to find all the rest of her socials and all her uh, activism. Uh, she's obviously doing incredibly, incredibly difficult and hard work, uh, and it's so very necessary. So, Aaron is a hero. And, uh, yeah, you should, too. I, uh, that's all, all, all I can really say about that. Do you enjoy the surfs, but prefer not to have to use your eyeballs? Many are saying this. Well, we've got the solution for you. It's the Surf Times in podcast form, available on most major podcasting networks now. If you enjoy it, please consider leaving a good review and feedback because it really helps the show out, apparently, and it's free, just like the podcast.
2: To our gods, Xander Corvus and Peyton L. Juice. We shall spend many a generations building mighty cathedrals in your honor. To our monarch, Tom Spiker, we are but your opus jesters here to offer you a laugh at any opportunity. To our brave Knights of the Round Table, Rachel K, Izzy Solidarity, Victoria Bell, Sebastian Demel, Mark Harmon, Benji Arney, Scary Earth Human, Tony, DM Rivera, Resident Scarecrow, Sir Nickus. Cheryl Alvarez, Ruby Kelly, Brandon, Words Greenwood, Everything Important, Hegbird Celine, Matthew Scarborough, Stellar Vision, Arianne McCarthy, Doug Cady, Daniel Sutton, Jenna Tao, Dark Puppy, Quiet185, Anna Loves Riley, Omni, Riley and Anna, Poodle Hawk, Multimondi, Trevbot Exe. Brian Ephraim, Anthropophojack, Catherine, Ramon Acosta, Inkosin, Ralph Parler, Violent Orchard, Political Puppy, La Media Panza, Todd Buckingham, and Todd Lajeunesse. We salute our valiant heroes off to fight injustice everywhere.